Welcome to AMI Sites, a podcast that offers you access to thought leaders who can help you expand your entrepreneurial toolbox. Learn from seasoned entrepreneurs who have already walked in your shoes and can help you with your day-to-day business decisions. With your host, Ami Kassar. Ami is the founder and CEO of Multifunding, an advisory company that helps you grow and stay in control of your business. Hello and welcome. My name is Ami Kassar, founder and CEO of Multifunding. Since 2010, Multifunding has helped businesses achieve their biggest growth goals through creative and personalized funding solutions working with hundreds of lenders across the nation. Joining me today is Bill Gallagher. Bill is a highly experienced coach and experienced entrepreneur, skilled at developing people and teams and taking them through the scaling up methodology. Welcome, Bill. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So, Bill, we're in this repivoting world, aren't we? What's going on? Well, I'm booking in-person things again. Companies are shifting. They're dealing with people getting back in the office. Um, One of our client companies is actually dealing specifically with that utilization, how much space, where and when, traffic patterns, but a lot of focus on are we going to be in person? Of course, our work is often with people and teams in offsite planning sessions. A big piece of it is done offsite. And so they're thinking about the balance between the Zoom that we've been in largely for the last year and now increasingly more and more outdoor spaces, even indoor meeting rooms, that kind of thing. Many of our teams are fully vaccinated at this point. So they're doing that, but they're also thinking about, as I am, what is that balance of in-person versus, you know? Yeah. Let's take the thought for a minute outside of our work and think about business and companies in general. So. Mm-hmm. We all went through various pivots 15 months ago because we had to. And now it seems like the great temptation is to quickly go back to what was. Yes. The pull is to just, okay. Just yeah. go right back to what we were all doing in whatever yep. shape or size. Yep, yep, yep. And yet it seems to me that if we forget some of what we learned this year, a lot of it will be for a waste. So how do companies think about adapting, keeping some of what was good about the last year and balancing that in and balancing that out? It's almost like we have to repivot in a way. Well, uh, so this goes to the first piece that I work. So I, you know, I do the scaling up framework with teams, that kind of thing. And then with the leaders themselves, I focus on four disciplines in a kind of a leadership flywheel. And that first one is about creating a compelling vision. And I think even for ourselves, we've got to create a new vision for a new future based on the things that we loved, that we, the capacities and skills that we developed in the last year, along with the things that we're hungry for. So do you want to be always in person? Do you want to be part-time? Do you want to be hybrid? Do you want to be in an office? Do you want to be like, all the different ways of working and the skills capacities that we developed in dealing with a hardship, right? You deal with any hardship, you're gonna develop some new skills, some new approaches, and some of that you wanna hang on to. And that's in the world of visioning, really. Like, let's think, imagine how we wanna be, say, a year from now. The immediate rush for me and for a lot of people is, God, I wanna see some people again, I wanna connect. And that's saying something for somebody who's an introvert. but 
if I don't think about where I want to be, say, a year from now, then I'm making a mistake. I'm, I'm missing the opportunity. And I'll find myself in some accidental default kind of future um, that landed on me rather than something that I intentionally invented and created for myself. Makes sense. Tell me about the other four parts of that wheel. So the three you think, parts, you tell me yeah, why. So the first part is this visioning is, is that, what is that all about? That's about creating a positive emotional response. So the first one is emotional and it's about inspiring people. We create some positive emotional state when we're leading. And that's kind of the first piece of this leadership flywheel. People are now inspired, excited, hopeful. They have good feelings. It is at its core emotional. So that's that. Per, and creating a compelling vision is one of, but not the only way to do that. The second piece is about engagement. So in engagement, we get commitment and action. The outcome of it is commitment and action. We ask, invite, propose to people to participate in some way. So we talk to somebody, they're excited. Now we're involved in asking or inviting them to contribute in some way, a leader, uh, to hire on a vendor, a customer. There's some kind of an engagement and that they say yes or no, right? They commit themselves if it's a yes or they counter with something. And then they begin to act consistent with that commitment. So that's the second piece, right? These are core pieces for any leader and they keep building on themselves. And then from there, right, then there's a stage of planning. So this is where we think about and we plan uh, the future and is very consistent with all of the work that we do. We're interested in the act, the ongoing act of planning versus the plans themselves, which are fleeting and of very short-term value, right? But we're also particularly interested in what could go wrong and what the interconnections of human beings are. So what are you expecting from this plan? What are you thinking about this? The way that we work together and that the human aspect of our plans is way more important than we realize. So those are some key aspects of this planning piece. And the last piece is coaching, right? So in the coaching, and there's a lot written about coaching and about listening more and about listening things. But I think there's a key piece beyond all of that. And that is, as a leader, if I'm coaching you in uh, something that you're inspired and have engaged and have begun acting at against a plan and we're involved, involved in planning, replanning things, and now you're having breakdowns and setbacks and breakthroughs, and you know there's a range of difference in the actual performance outcomes relative to what you took on and what you were inspired by. So now I'm going to coach you through all that stuff. And I need to be effective in, in coaching anyone from a, a, another leader to a individual contributor. I want to keep seeing you and the situation in a future better state. So I have to be pulling for a bigger, stronger you than the person in front of me in any given moment who might be whining and complaining and failing and like that kind of thing. So I have to keep going, come on, baby, you got this. I know it. I can see it in you, you know? And even when what's presenting in front of you is, is a whiny mess of excuses. So there's a pulling for something there and a deep listening that makes the coaching better. So in the first part, we want to get a positive emotion. The second part, commitment and action. The third part, the ongoing act of planning. The last part is keeping you in the game. And if we do that, both with individual contributors and then with leaders of leaders, 
that kind of keeps working. And in fact, from the coaching piece, we go right back to reminding you what you were inspired by and what you were engaged and committed to. For that, I have to keep listening and thinking about what you can. Uh, anyway, you can hear it works together. <laughs> I think another big part of this is you have to, people have to be constantly reminded in management roles that you need to follow your customer and listen to your customer. So it's really tempting as an example in your work or my work, though, where we used to travel so much to say, I don't want to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that as much. And then you say, mm, but what do your customers want? Your customers yes. want you in the room. Or I was speaking to the CEO who runs a big annual conference. I won't say who in October. And um, they did it virtually last year. And in many respects, they thought it was quite successful. Yes. But the reality is, whether they like it or not, for their P&L perspective, um, by October, I think their customers are going to want to be back in person. Yeah, but always? Once, not always, but right. at, least, people, at least once a year. And people will want you right out of business, for lack of imagination. Nobody ever wanted an iPhone, and yet the iPhone then spawned the Android and then changed everything because people went to the pain points and the issues and that kind of thing. And Steve Jobs proposed and imagined something that somebody didn't, hadn't done before. So we learned how to do meetings and conferences and work remotely and stuff over the last year. And now there is a hunger to connect again, to give each other a hug, to be in the same room, to linger over a drink, that kind of thing, which is very different. And we probably want to embrace it. But if we keep a vision, we invent and create a vision for the future that combines the two. So we come back together now, yes. And then we think, okay, well, maybe my if I do four meetings with my team a year, maybe two of them are in person and two of yeah. them are on Zoom, right? Maybe some of these conferences should be on Zoom and some should be in person or there should be a blend, right? You could come in remote via Zoom and or live stream or something like that or you could be in person and they'd be different experiences so we bring the best of it you know many of us got great at setting up our zoom cameras and our lighting and our microphones and things like that because we knew and we had to 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 get better at it you've put yourself in an f-18 <laughs> as <laughs> i know this is audio only but i'm looking at you across zoom right now and, and you're sitting with a background inside the cockpit i love it <laughs> I could change it to something funnier, so I won't. <laughs> but that's, I think this is, the, this is the very discussion that all companies and all leadership teams are having right now. And I don't think it's black and white, and I think it's gray, and I think it's going to take some time to find the new normal. I think there is this incredible yearning right now to get back on the road and to get back in conferences and get back in rooms together and be back in person. And then yes. we're, going to, we're going to find the balance. I am. Um, well, maybe... put it, put it in the lens of that, of that leadership flywheel again, just cause it's my hot topic, but in the second piece, the engage, right? Where we commit to something and begin acting. What has people commit to something is when they hear an opportunity for themselves. And when you hear, and if you're good as a leader, 
then you're really in touch with what people want versus what you're trying to sell, what you're trying to get. So leaders who are effective, who are really good at this, have they know what they want, they know what they need, but they also are keenly listening to the other person. So in this context, we're thinking about, oh, people really need to connect again, but they also kind of like their independence. So you're thinking about that piece of it and you're listening for that, right? I think not enough of our leaders are actually sort of in the world of their people. And at the same time, other people are terrified. I still know people on some of our teams and around my world that are afraid, even after being vaccinated, they're afraid of getting back together. They're just not used to it anymore, right? I'm like, hey, get me out there. Let me get a bear hug. But, <laughs> but some people are not. And then we got to like plan for the some in person, some not, maybe outdoors, accommodations for people. Are people going to choose off the team because we're largely going back? Like, you know, what's the combination? So that's the planning piece. And then the coaching is where we're actually talking with, okay, how's it going now? And making those course corrections. But if there's one thing I think we all need to be doing is to be, especially now, really close to the ear of our customers. What, what do they want? Yeah. What are their expectations and where are their heads and, and yes. where are their brains and our team members? I mean, it's interesting. The team member is a customer too, right? If I'm 100%. a leader. Yeah. Yeah. I am maybe foolishly, but I don't think so. I um, leased a beautiful new office for multifunding in January. It, I'm always a little bit contrarian. You know that about me. I, I love that. <laughs> and I, I, I had an office for 25, 26 years or something yeah. like that. Um, one, you know, same, I was in the same building and two different suites. And the last year, we finally moved out. We pulled our both our businesses out and we were like done. Done. My perspective was it was a beautiful office. It was a downtown of this little town where I always wanted to be right next to the train for recruiting. It came available. Our other lease was done. I was able to get all the lease fixtures for a dollar. A dollar. Nice. And I said, and all the furniture, and I said, let's go. Other friends of mine literally shut their offices down permanently. Yeah. Said, this is more efficient. This is cheaper. We could work out this way. But now yeah. we're in this beautiful office, and I said, hmm, I'm sure everyone's going to be so excited like I am about this office, or we're going to want to come back to work. And? and that's not so much the case. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if that's always the thing, because the thing that I'm hearing is most people don't want to go back to the office, but they do want to get out of their house. They do want to get away from their kids. They do want to get away from their spouse. They want some other place to go. So if it feels safe and you do it, and, and, and maybe they want like a place for meetings. Maybe it's not the traditional thing of I have a desk that I go to and then I commute to every day, but it's some new model. I think you have something. And what we've said to folks is try to be your halftime. Mm. I, I, don't really, I don't really care what it is, but we haven't mandated you need to be here five days a week. Yes. Which is, which is, I'm, we understand that. You like to be at home and yes. you've got used to working at home and there's some efficiency to that. But we also miss the camaraderie of being together and collaborating and, you know, water cooler stuff. So try to be here at halftime and people are seem to be embracing that. And so the office is about half as full as I expected. <laughs> well, so maybe you should put in some uh, amenities, some features. Uh, we'll, we'll, you we'll, could put a... Uh, 
a group of beanbag chairs in one corner. And well, maybe, you must be you must be from San Francisco if you're suggesting maybe that. one of those star <laughs> things that you could do some twirly crap on on your lunch break. It, 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 it's all good. It, it, I'm I'm joking about it, but I think it just speaks to this discussion speaks to what I think is on the minds of most CEOs and leaders right now. And yeah. there were a lot of decisions to make last year. And the decisions aren't over. Yeah. What an exciting time, though. What I mean, some people are stressed out by it. But look, as a leader, you have a chance to imagine and create something. And that's fundamental, especially to entrepreneurial leaders. Imagine and create the new future. Start to think of now you're going to deal with circumstances and some of the things that you imagine within are going to turn out different. So you'll change it. But how cool to create a new thing. Why go back and just do the same old thing? It's not going to be exactly fit. You can't ever go home, right? It's home has always changed. You're a little bigger than you were before. You're different, right? It's never really the same thing. So why try to recreate what was before instead of imagining and creating something kind of new and fresh? I agree. And that's part of the fun of right now. But I also think that people are exhausted. And yeah. I think if we usually make maybe a thousand decisions a month, although we make a lot more than that. Um, last year we made 10,000 decisions a month. Yes. And I also think our brains need a vacation because the, <laughs> the, 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 speed, the speed of the decision-making hasn't slowed down. No, no. And, it, and the amount of media, both good and bad and that kind of thing, the stimulus information is, is, it just doesn't stop. It, it continues to increase the pace. So there is always a need for that. But And that's where like we, we went really up and down in terms of busyness and chaos in the last year. And every time I'd find myself in that space, I'd say, okay, I need to put some design and thinking and get proactive to this. And then, and then we'd do some of that and then things would shift a little bit and then it'd be chaotic again. And I find myself in the same thing now where some people want to get back and I want to get out and be around and travel a little bit. But at the same time, I know the other. So then I started to imagine next year. I'm like, okay, what do I want it to look like next year? Not next quarter because it, it's, it's already too messy for that. But let's go out a year. And then I started to design that. And then I started selling people on that vision to say a word. Or I started pitching them or sharing that vision with them. Hey, I'm thinking about working with our teams this way. What do you think about that? And many people were like, conceptually like yeah awesome and and then i started to ask well does that create any concerns for you would that be a plus for your team or would you would that cost too much or would that be not a fit for the way that you work what could you see and they didn't really have answers but they began to grapple with it so now i've led that in a thing that works with my intention design not just for me but in the way that i think works for all of us so now that vision is where we start i love it Bill, always a pleasure to speak with you, my friend. Thank you for being our guest today. It's been a pleasure to be with you. I look forward to seeing you again in person real soon. Thanks for joining us today on AMI Sites with your host, Ami Kassar, the foremost SBA thought leader. Make sure you visit us at multifunding.com where you can meet our advisory team and learn more about how we help entrepreneurs fund their future.